our opinions are our own. Yes, and we truly love you, Shudder. I mean, Master. Extra bedroom. It's yeah. true. He it's the beginning of, of its own fa- our own found footage movie. Yeah, so. Lucas yeah. sleeps in the closet yeah. sometimes, but doesn't tell me. Yep. <laughs> doesn't shower. It's cozy. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of landscaping to be done, so yeah. it'd be great. And I actually started as the first guest of this show. They started. He did, it, yeah. And I was the first guest, and I've never left. So, so now you guys. Who knows? So like this is uh-huh. weekly. We're, we're looking into our future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Precisely. <laughs> this is a weekly. Yeah. You are our future. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, yeah. we upgraded because huh. Austin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Austin's a sound engineer genius, so we were like, oh, "Wow, okay. we should uh, keep him on this. Yeah, so our sound is in. good. Yeah. And now, some some visual medium genius, so we can keep you here to do that better than I can. So that be. <laughs> it, it, that is my yeah. eternal plight. Yes, I yeah, will yeah, operate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. See, we're we're all halfway there. <laughs> Getting there, boys. Just building yeah. our own production yeah. studio. Wow. Welcome back to the Shudcast. The Shudcast. I'm Curtis. I'm Austin. I'm Cody. And Lucas. This is the Horror Movie Podcast, where we discuss horror films largely based on the platform Shudder and Friendship. And we get a lot of uh, feedback from our friends of the show. And you know what they tend to say? You guys, Stop asking me about your podcast. That. Okay. Yes. And you should have more dudes on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that, too. People. It is a common occurrence. Yeah, there's to, only four. Yeah. We, we can fit at least more. four more in there. Yeah. So we've done that today for maybe the, it is the first time that we've had guests on the show and illustrious ones at that. This is the first, this is the first time? Yeah, you're this our first is, guest. Yeah. yeah. Besides him yeah. Yeah. three years ago. <laughs> so yeah. more pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. And the more, the second, as the seconds go by, the more you regret it. <laughs> no, to our right, we have filmmaker, writer, director, David Bruckner. Yay! We have, we have actor, performer, man about town. <laughs> Find him at Universal City Walk if you, if you look hard enough. <laughs> yes. Mr. Jordan Belfi. Yay! Good to be here, guys. It, speaking of, I don't think you know. So that's how we originally met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's super random, but we actually met at a screening of the recut of Rocky IV. Yeah. Stallone wow. re- recut the movie. Yeah, and it was a one night only. Was it a one night only? Yeah, thing? I think it yeah, was. I think so because that was they did that live, like Fathom event style. Yeah, it was a Fathom event. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a Fathom event. Still in recut Rocky Four. I went with my brother. This is about, I want to say maybe a month before the birth of my first son, mm-hmm. who, That's as correct. you guys yeah. then subsequently became aware, I named Rocky. Yes. Nice. Um, wow, yeah, no, the recut I didn't know was that, that yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was Ironically, uh, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> um, I am a lifelong, I mean, Rocky is probably my favorite film of all time, yeah. um, and my son is named, and that's what it's about. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but uh, that, that recut is not necessary. 
Yeah. It's not necessary. <laughs> Have you watched no, it since? No, yeah. no, it's not the movie. I haven't either because I had a really good time there. It was such a good like, night. It I don't was need so to. I don't think I need to spend that back up. But you were dressed soon. as. But so I yeah, was, so yeah. he was dressed as Drago. Yeah. Uh, you were? That's commitment. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall white guy. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> lean into this. It was. It was. It was impressive. It was full commitment, and I just I started talking to him because it was so. Yeah. Amazing, and then we just started, and then your buddy Brock mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. You were there, yeah. and we all just started rapping for like an hour. And I made the joke then. I don't know if you remember. I was like, "This is like a podcast," yeah, because we were just <laughs> talking and rapping and like talking about movies and getting into it. And here we are, two years later. I know. Here we are, so, two years and later. And so yeah, oh, we damn. became friendly, and then this wonderful movie came out, and Jordan reached out to us and was like, "Should we do a thing?" And we were like, "Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to do please a thing. God." Yeah. So it was great. Curtis, can you please go to more movies dressed as characters from films? <laughs> I guess. I guess I, I guess I should do that. Like fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's the story. That's the story of, <laughs> yeah. of, of our it's story meeting. of us. Yeah. yeah. How did you guys meet, David Jordan? How did you guys kind of? Well, we met on the movie. Yeah. 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 I, I called oh, cool. Jordan and uh, I was like, "What are you doing tomorrow?" <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. But oh, it's, hell true. Yeah. It's, liter- it's true. It's literally yeah. true. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah. <laughs> no, go. Actually, I'd like to hear your side first. Uh, well, we were doing so we're doing this VHS movie, and mm-hmm. uh, for the uninitiated, VHS is a found footage anthology. This is the sixth installment in the VHS uh, series, and we were doing the last film, the wraparound, which is kind of the frame story that webs in between all the other stories and we were um uh we were shooting the wraparound last so this is of the 31 vhs movies over the last 11 years this was the last one to be created and uh and we had uh our lead actor um uh had an injury and second shot on day one Oh shit! And uh, which is always a, a pretty harrowing way to start. It was, right. you know, it was a very very simple thing. It was, um, uh, you know, somebody's jogging down a hallway. It's just unfortunate thing. Something happened. So they're okay. And uh, uh, and then I had seen Jordan's work, and I'd seen a read that he had done, and uh, had really pulled my hair out about it before, and uh, called him in a panic, and was like. Can you, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> you make, will you yeah. drop everything and come make this yeah. movie? And he was um, very gracious, and he had all the right questions, and uh, uh, we just started getting into it. And I think, so we, you know, that was Monday day one, and these things go pretty quick. So we only had like yeah. till Friday to so get the movie in the can. So it's like a hundred day, oh, day shoot, to right? Do for, there's yeah. no there's no budget on these things, so it's not like you can kick it down the road yeah. or even reform the production. Like you got to figure out how to go. And I think we were on the phone till two a.m. that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Jordan was really you were pushing on the script, like you were. I mean, doing what a lead actor does, which is like lead and take on the story and try to get their head around it. And, um, and, and like, I love to be challenged in that way. And so I think that night we actually came up with ways to play it that, um, I think shifted the emphasis and, uh, you know, every time you make a movie, it's like the cast is the film. So it's like, you know, it's a different movie depending on who's standing in front of that camera. There are different tensions at play. Um, it has different vibes and tones. It communicates something different to the audience. So it was a very, like, intense entry point for us to kind of get a sense of one another and probably, I imagine, a big leap of faith for you to say, 
I'm going to get into this immediately and, uh, and trust this guy <laughs> to come do this like weird, you know, yeah. Alien yeah. monster research. You're, you're shooting on a camcorder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Creature riff on a camcorder. Yeah. So because I was literally in my yard doing yard work. Um, mm-hmm. and nice. my agent and manager called and said, Hey, it looks like they're, they're, might be this offer coming in tonight. They want to get on the phone with you, ASAP. And I said, I, and at this point, I just assume everything's a Zoom. And I was like, sure, you know, elbows into you know dirt and soil. I'm working in the I'm working in the yard and the whole thing. Um, but no, they just wanted to talk on talk on the phone. So I said, yeah. And I and David got on the phone and we started talking. And I, I mean, I basically said this to you, but from. From kind of moment one, I knew David was like cool and smart and like homed in, and uh, and I was like, this this is cool. Like I know that he's somebody that like gets it and that I can work with. Right. Um, and you said I'm going to send you the script. Read, mm-hmm. Can you read it? And then can we get back on the phone after you read it <laughs> tonight? <laughs> and thirty five so, minutes later. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I read it, and then we got back on the phone around ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and then we just talked for like three, four hours, whatever it was, to like two a.m. Just doing all the work that you do over the you know the preceding sure. week or two or whatever, mm-hmm. um, digging in and mining it and trying to figure out what it's about right. and like what the approach is. And because there's only so much on screen, it's obviously like one of many pieces, but you want to build it out to then have what you're, you're going to see really mean the most. And we did. And it was it was just like a great conversation. Like, like David's a really talented filmmaker, but he's also a really smart guy. And so I could talk to him about ideas that I had and things I was thinking about, and what it made me think about. And then we talked about the larger sort of allegory of what this piece is, because the piece works on multiple levels. The piece works in this, like, thrilling VHS way, but there's, like, a bigger, you know, more profound allegory if somebody's willing to sort of see that. And all that stuff is super important to me when I'm, you know, approaching something. Well, so, of course, yeah. 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 So, anyway, 2 a.m., next day, I started. I was, jumped in. I was and, say, you, and you walked in and you had to play, and you're the leader of this research study yeah. in the piece. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, you have to you command know. a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you walk in, hello, meet everybody. You're in charge. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, right. and we give the ball to you. Here are these lines you just got in your hands. Uh-huh. Now go yeah, quick. Yeah. We have to roll. We have no time. It's, it's true. So it's, it, it was, it was quite a feat. And I, I don't know that I even told you it was like, it was interesting too being on the crew side of like, Who's the guy gonna be? Like, what's he gonna <laughs> oh, do? Shit. Yeah, you know. And yeah. then uh, to have him come in and just grab hold of the wheel, it was like, it was a really interesting thing because there's everybody's kind of responding to it in real time. And because it's found footage, it's a little bit more fluid. Yeah. Alex, our DP, is behind the camera or whatever, so there's a lot of like exchanges of glances between takes uh-huh. of like, this is cool, this is good. All right, what do we do next? And we're all just <laughs> improvising around one another. But it was. I think it was quite a feat. Well, thanks. You know, to, I hadn't said that to you, but like, yeah, to walk in and just take hold of it I, is is not an easy thing to do. I would imagine. Well, just so. just for your listeners and for you, you guys, you you guys were at the Beyond. We Fest. were yeah. three of us were at Beyond. You were there too. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I What's your problem? Make it. I know. Yeah. Tough being on a movie podcast, not liking movies. Have you seen it? Have you seen the Have you seen the movie? Uh huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. But just for your for your listeners, I I don't know. I don't think we said the title the full title of the film yet. Yeah. 
VHS 85. VHS 85. (laughs) And then our piece is called Total Copy. Total Copy. And so for any of your listeners that haven't yet seen it, just to give some context, what David called it was the rap and the way you had explained it to me. And it's funny because when you describe it, it sounds more complicated than it is. But, you know... I have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't your problem, but it was just... Uh, so for any of your listeners that haven't seen it or haven't seen any of the VHS movies, I mean, the conceit is that it's, it's all, it's a compilation of different, you know, movies that are all purported. The conceit is that it's a, it's all on a VHS tape and our, our film is basically the underlying footage and the idea is that maybe the other movies are taped over that footage. And so we keep, imagine like your old cassette or your old VHS where you record stuff off the TV this footage is the thing that was recorded onto that tape and then the other movies are taped over that. And so you keep coming back to our movie in between because the break in between those other movies. Our movie is a made-for-TV documentary a la Unsolved Mysteries or Inside Edition or even maybe Hard Copy, those, those sort of late 80s, early 90s TV documentaries where there's a host like Robert Stack and it's about this research team that is doing this experiment with this being entity that they've found and, you know, what happens. And so um, that's the context of of what we're talking about. And so my character, Dr. Spratling, Spratling, is the leader of that research team. I've got my other scientists who work under me. And so the context of what David was describing is me coming in on day two and taking over that whole thing. And they had never met me. Mm -hmm. They didn't know me. Nobody knew me. Um, but I just sort of had to step in and, you know, actually after the Beyond Fest screening, Alex, our DP and I were talking and Alex actually said some really meaningful things that I don't know if he shared with you in, in that way, but what's really interesting from Alex's perspective, and I, I'll, I'll talk for him cause he's not here, but he's the DP of the movie, but he's also the cameraman in the world of the movie. Right, so he's right, shooting right. the documentary, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's all found yeah, footage. Have, it has to be motivated. You Correct. Know, like <laughs> and so Alex is shooting the movie as, as the DP of VHS 85 Total Copy, yeah. but Alex is a character in the movie, in uh-huh. the documentary of this research team. And Alex shared with me that, like, number one, he said he didn't know what I was going to be like, but on day one when I came in, I just sort of knew what I wanted to do. He felt like he could relax because I was taking charge and sort of... And it also was a meta thing because I'm sort of directing him in the movie of uh, of the documentary because sure, he yeah. kind of works for me in the yeah. world of the movie. He's so, like a he's like a research assistant who's carrying the camera. Mm-hmm. And then later, the television show had taken all that footage and cut it together. So there right. has to be like an implied order as to why the research assistant would shoot it from one place to another. And you're always egging him on, correct, to right. keep rolling. So you guys mm-hmm. instantly had like a power dynamic, correct. Which is awesome because you got to, as an actor, boss around the DP, <laughs> which doesn't usually happen, or maybe it does. It, it, I don't know. Uh, dep- I, probably not. I guess it depends. But, but Alex actually said something to me that night, which was he said, you know, there was a moment where um, he said you weren't a dick about it. He said, but there was a moment we were shooting this because a lot of the movie is these long wonners, right? Or the way David constructed it, like what appears to be these long wonders, and he does it in a, in a beautiful, kind of invisible way. But, you know, Alex is tasked with shooting it like a documentary, shooting it like he's a character in the movie, shooting this with a, a video cam, camcorder. He's taking David's direction as to what he wants to cover at which moment, but also 
there is a certain improvisational thing that's happening with the way we're playing the scene, and he wants to capture those moments instinctually, too, while simultaneously doing what Dave is asking him, and then also there are little moments where he might need to say a line or something, and that might motivate me to do something. And at a certain point after a couple takes, he told me that I went up to him and I was like, Alex, I know you got a lot going on, but I, I, I need that line. Like you need to, you need to, you need to say that line. Like I, I fucking need that line right, to, right. for this other thing to happen. And he said, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I just sort of do what I need to do. But he said, you were mean about it, but it just sort of locked me in. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, I, I'm an actor in this piece. Right, right, right. <laughs> like yeah. He was thinking, yeah. you know, he had his DP hat completely on and he yeah. suddenly had this realization that he's also doing this dance with me as an actor, as a character in the, in the world of the piece. And so there's a lot of meta layers yeah. to this that get really fun and really exciting as a performer because of this improvisational element. And, you know, we were, we were, you know, molding it and crafting it, massaging it, and finding little things that worked and didn't work, and maybe little lines that needed to be massaged. You know, not stepping on Evan's toes, or the writer, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we needed, you know, to to make certain things come to life. And so, anyway, that's all a part of what's what's weird is. about that is when you push him to like, don't just deliver the line as the VP <laughs> holding the thing. Don't say, oh. "What do you mean, what?" Like, <laughs> yeah. really yeah, ask right. me, and suddenly he's going, "What do you mean, what?" Yeah. You know, like reading on the, a self tape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like when he and and when he would play it for real, the camera work would get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just there'd just oh, be a weird intuitive thing that would kind of happen back there, like you would capture a little. Yeah, bit and of I chaos think that's what he was, was saying just, to me was yeah, that yeah. I brought that out in yeah. him. Now, he's and gonna then, be an actor now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna. Yeah. But that's but that's sort of the magic of of movie making, and from you know my perspective in this as an actor, which is it is a dance, and you can't operate in a vacuum. You can only be really as good as what you're getting from your partner, right? Right. I mean, you can try to do it all alone, but it's really not the same as when they'll do something that elicits something in you that you didn't even think of before. It's just a response. And that's when things get electric and, and fun and you can feel that. And that, I think, is what we're after. Nice. And the, the whole time he was using, did I hear this correctly, that uh, the DP was using like a, a, an era-specific camcorder, right? Yeah, so he um, uh, he sourced uh, with this uh, another cinematographer, uh, Charles Paper, they uh, who collects these old cameras. Uh, Alex Janisi, who is our DP, uh, built a few units that were era specific. One of them, for most of the stuff that we were shooting, was a forty-year-old Magnavox, and like the tubes were dying in it yeah. while we were rolling. <laughs> oh, so no. like you're getting these weird scan lines on the screen. Yeah. And again, it's VHS 85. This is supposed to be a nasty forgotten mixtape that's been archived and rediscovered from the 80s. So, and we are the base layer on that tape. So we were thinking, we have permission to make the nastiest, you know, most glitchy, grotesque, leftover VHS movie that you've ever seen. And, uh, And also because we're the frame story, the rap story, and you only get bits of it throughout like we can kind of push it a little bit without antagonizing the audience too much. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we always say like, let's just get right up to obnoxious, but not quite tip over. <laughs> and uh, but uh, but yeah, you're it's it's quite liberating to spend 
uh, although it wasn't much, but to spend the studio's money, you know, while watching the yeah, camera yeah. literally deteriorate on the monitor <laughs> in front of you while you're shooting and just go, ah, fuck it. Uh-huh. I love it because it, it looks good. It's like something right. about it feels authentic. So yeah, we were getting weird scan lines. I mean, there's, I mean, this is some really, you know, dorky. I'm gonna ask, like, I was going to ask you about like, yeah, <laughs> Where do you think you are, David? Yeah. Like you guys, I, I'm sure can appreciate when you're doing something that's era specific, like it's, you start to lose yourself in all of these little details that, that come with a four. There's something also mm-hmm. just like grotesque and, and uh, that just you can love on about like old media. There's something mm-hmm. about it. There's a certain draw. So yeah, scan lines, it's tactile. It's tactile. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it and uh, and there's these strange artifacts that emerge and they make everything right. feel more authentic because- Well, you have to commit to that because it's not a choice. So it's, you're committing, which I think always makes a better art, whatever that is, just having to commit. Like were you shooting yeah. on tape? Uh, we wanted to. Uh, we got right up to the edge of shooting on tape, but we were actually afraid that the v- the actual mechanical gears wouldn't hold up. Right. And we did a few mm-hmm. tests, and, it, and we were just like, "It's going to break on us," yeah. and then right. we're going to be stuck. We'd like, "Let's not." We have five days. There's no. There's no other movie time yeah. to make this yeah. movie. So, uh, so we ended up running it out to a little recording device. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but the spirit of it is there. The image is breaking down. We have all these scan lines. There's light bleeds on it that you just don't see anymore. You can't manufacture that right. in After Effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, and just the color, the way that it kind of handled yeah. all the detail was really, really unique. And then when the movie was done, when the cut was finished, we transferred that to VHS and then to actually to VHS. Wow. And then we um, output that to a tape and then ran that tape back into the computer and we bought a bunch of junk VCRs on eBay <laughs> and just took them apart and actually just like tickled the analog oh, fuck tape fuck that. as so it's like cool. going back in. That's so cool. Yeah, and so and there's so like, good. I mean, there's mechanical elements in there I don't have names for. There was like a weird centrifuge that every time you touched it, um, you'd get a little magnetic buzz off it, Hell but yeah. that would create a certain <laughs> kind yeah. of distortion. And uh, I would stop touching it. It was, <laughs> it was too much fun. Yeah. The, the, problem, yeah. the problem was we kept destroying the tapes. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, yeah. and, then, and then we would like go, we'd, we'd make another dump of it and try to do another recording, put it back in the VCR, and then the VCR was junk. So we had to go like move on to another VCR. So we were breaking the, the stuff as we were working with Perfect. it. But, but all the glitches are real. I mean, and, um, and there's a part in the film where shortly after uh spoiler jordan meets his end uh the camera falls actually it's right before and um and breaks a bit and from that point forward the image is just completely yeah, the whole time right mm-hmm. yeah and so that was we I mean, we were just there just playing the piano it's your point that thing. that stuff you can tell when it's after effects you can tell when oh, it's 100%, like, 100% just some red line filter on there yeah yeah attempted <laughs> and it just there's something about what you did there that just it just works. It just yeah. reads. I was in awe of it the whole time, the authenticity of the way it looked. Because like you said, like it's so easy to sniff out when it's just a filter or something like that and yeah. people are trying to mimic it. And that rig, that, like, camera, oh, rig, doing that. that camera rig was, was cool. I had never seen anything like uh-huh. it. Because <laughs> so, you, know, you remember those shoulder camcorders yeah. or the ones that are slightly smaller than the shoulder camcorders. Yeah. 
which is what Alex was using most of the time. But then the amount of build around That's it what I was going <laughs> to ask about, actually. Was I'd never seen How do like you, it. like, what, was there any wild, like, interface situations between the analog and digital, like, outputting to a monitor or some shit? That, yeah. That's where my know-how <laughs> drops off, but they had it, yeah, they had it running out to a little bit traditional where he okay. had a little monitor unit where he could see it attached to the camera, and then, uh, and then there's a signal going out uh-huh. to a monitor that I can watch because we're running up and down these hallways, so everything's live. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I'm going to see anything that's being done, I've got to be like in a closet somewhere with right, a monitor. Right. So we did, we did employ some of that tech, but, but to your point, like, yeah, it has to be real. I mean, I don't think I think horror audiences more than anybody um, uh, are going to put the filmmakers on the hook to make yeah, sure yeah. they're like oh, they know Sniff all the tricks. They're just inside it. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Another thing for us. Yeah, was, we're uh, dicks. <laughs> <laughs> we could be real dicks. I mean, even as a kid, I remember, you know, like you could even you could watch the old movies and you could, you could tell you'd be like, that's the practical shot. That's the CGI shot. Or you could see the limitations, especially when you get into monsters and SFX and you become fascinated with how it's created. And so we're going to make something called VHS 85 like we got to do it for real, you know, and I think mm-hmm. all the filmmakers in the anthology stuck to that as much as humanly possible. And then um for us, we had a monster show, so it was like the yeah. monster has to be completely prac. And um, very foolishly, I, I had suggested let's do a tentacle movie, as though practical tentacles are even doable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so, yeah, Jordan and the rest of the cast. It was it was a pretty technical process, but that was like part of the challenge. Was like the end of our short is a sort of culminates yeah. where it drops out of the TV documentary yeah. and then you get something that is like proper old school found footage. Yep. Like That's my favorite cut, by the way, is when it's like, we cannot show you this material because it would be ill-advised and then cut to, we're showing you the material. We yeah. felt like we, 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 we owed it to the movie gods because we were sort of, you know, we were interpreting what found footage means and VHS is known as a found footage franchise. And uh, it was like really fun to do this era-specific documentary, but we were just like, movie gods are going to come for us if we don't pay homage to found footage. And Mm. so coming in at the end of the rap to be concluded at the end, that was our shtick was Mm. now you get to see a piece of the actual raw tape. But what it meant for all of us was now it's, we're in a seven minute one -er, complete with monster gags and live tentacles that are going to be grabbing actors, throwing them around complete with blood spurts and everything else. And poor fucking Gary. And poor fucking poor Gary, Gary, right? Oh, poor Gary. <laughs> you know, there's a long history of goofy characters named Gary, right? Like that's not why well, we didn't invent that name, this, right? Yeah. Like brain damage, yeah, yeah, brain yeah. Damage? yeah. Like from my favorite, oh, no, uh, Brian. Brian is it Brian? Brian El- Elmer. Oh, what is brain damage? No, about? Brian is the guy that Elmer is. Uh, yes, accosting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. Who's Gary in the Hen and Lauder universe? Is there is there a Gary in that? See what I deal we'll with. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. ignore us. Anyway, Please keep going. But no, uh, y'all <laughs> had some fucking all stars in that segment too. Russell effects. Yeah, those yeah, guys. They right. created your monster at the end, right? That's right. Yeah. I've had the fortune of going to their little uh, workshop in Burbank and oh, cool. seeing the monster from the ritual. Oh, cool. Which is yes, mm-hmm. one of the coolest shit ever. But then getting to see it live. So I've, like, I've I've ranted at so many people about how great that monster is. In the <laughs> oh, God bless Anyone you, who yeah. will listen. Like, yeah. I've, I've upset so many people because I just <laughs> won't shut up about how great I think that thing looks. Yeah. How you meet them, you yeah. introduce yourself. Have you seen the ritual? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big, big monster at the end, and I love it. 
He's got weird little hands. Yeah. It's just another quadrupedic yeah. Norse animal god. Exactly. You know, <laughs> with yeah. hands on his head. Yeah. yeah. You know. Can't swing a dead cat. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like working with Russell Effects on that? Uh, I've worked with them on uh, several movies now. So the first thing we ever did was another anthology back in 2015 called Southbound. Uh, we had a pretty nasty, gory little segment called The Accident um, mm -hmm. where a guy improvises surgery on someone. That was fun. And um, uh, Josh and Sierra and I quickly just found that we spoke the same language in terms of detail. And um, and then, you know, and then I was very fortunate to get the ritual gig and they came over to Romania and um, with that fucking giant <laughs> monster head that you saw. Yeah. And uh, that was based on a design by, by the great Keith Thompson, who I'd been a fan of his work. And when I got the ritual gig, um, I, I hunted him down and I was like, I got a movie, Andy Serkis is producing it. We get to do a monster at the end, please come draw for us. And mm -hmm. he did. And, and he did all, you know, ton of different designs. And that was one that he did that just, we stuck it on the wall and it just stayed there. And that monster is based on an original drawing by Keith. We didn't note it. We didn't go in and like, oh, what if the antlers are bigger? What if this or right. that or what if it was like wow. one moment of he, he he drew that in a fucking fever dream. Yeah. And like that became the movie. And uh, and then we had to like reverse engineer the mythology around that. And then the Russells had to figure out how to bring that thing to life in and coordinate with uh, stunts and on the ground SFX. So like, sorry to rant, no. gonna go away at this for a minute, just like run with it, but like you know, that is a um, big prosthetic head that is probably about the size of this table. And uh, there is a, a stunt performer, a woman inside of it, who plays the arms. And then we digitally paint out her head. And for most of the movie, when she's seen, because the thing is like, even on four legs, it's probably about 15, 16 feet tall. Um, she's on a jib arm uh, inside the prosthetic head lifting the actors up who are on a separate wire system oh my God. Uh, with like so cool. 12 <laughs> Romanian dudes like on the backside of the jib arm having to counterbalance it uh -huh. so in that it'll go up in yeah. the air in a national forest in the Carpathians during a hailstorm at about 4 a.m. Ah. <laughs> so like that was the moment for me trying to make movies for 20 years where I was like, well, this is probably the last thing they'll ever let me do, and it's all was worth it. So, uh, so yeah, a, a, a lot of folks bonded in those woods, and and the Russells and myself were like, we're never coming back from this. So, so we'll, you know, we've been we've been making stuff ever since. So we called them for total copy, and it was like, this is the most unique challenge yet in some ways because uh, we have a monster that's changing shape. We had just come off Hellraiser, which was a big job. A lot of money, a lot of voices, very different atmosphere. And it was like, here, we're going back to garage band filmmaking. This is like, right. you know, bootstraps, like we like to say, held together held together by bubblegum and duct tape. Like, like this, is, this is how we got into it. So we have to really think out of the box to figure out how to make this work because we don't have the money. And uh, so our process was a little different on this because we knew we had this very unique monster that could mimic different human forms. And we wanted to get at this like uncanny sense of intelligence that you couldn't quite grasp. You know, it's like um, it seems to be communicating with us, and Spratling's character is taking this to heart and starting to really believe that he's corresponding with some alien being. But maybe it's just copying what it sees yeah. with no regard for human life whatsoever. Um, uh, you know, that that was really to us what was really funny about the whole thing. But the question became 
how do we create human shapes and forms in a way that um, just feels fucking wrong? And so we actually did a ton of experimentation with it. And we went down two paths simultaneously. Uh, one would be fully prosthetics, which is where we ended up. We just we built each of those people, which, side note for independent filmmakers, if uh, if you're trying to figure out your hours and you've got a strange little alien monster boy, <laughs> it's much easier to build a boy than it is to deal with casting <laughs> children get- sometimes. <laughs> you know, Noted. and uh, <laughs> no, it's just the hours, you gotta hire a teacher, it's like, yeah. it just gets very hard. And it was like, we were like, uh, let's just build the kid. And, um, I say that all the time, don't I say that all the time? Let's just build a kid. Awesome, we don't yeah. need a kid in the basement. Yeah, but listen how easy anyway. Yeah, tell your wife that. Yeah, <laughs> every day. I actually think it was, I actually think it was Josh Russell's idea. It's like, I'll, you know, if you've if you've met him, the way yeah. he talks, just kind of like I'll just I'll just build it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but uh, but yeah, and then there's the the other path that we went down was one where we were going to have um, performers in kind of a prosthetic adjustment of sorts. Mm-hmm. So then it, the question was like, how do we reverse engineer their form to look less human in a way that um, you know feels different because we've all seen people in monster masks and the audience is so good at pointing out the human form and you can look at it you'd be like ah it's kind of suit he's got a thing on right there i can see where the other arm starts and that arm begins you know you can kind of pick it apart and so we were really trying to figure something out and one of the things we did that i love the most that uh, uh maybe this we can get a special feature on it or on the on the dvd or something for this on the blu-ray but like we um we had these masks made and we had um, Sierra uh, of, of Russell Effects basically close her eyes and we painted eyeballs on the outside of her eyelids and we put these kind of translucent masks over her. Uh-huh. So it looks like you're, you're kind of like, I know there's a person in there, but the, the eyes are it's fucking wrong. It's such a wild wrong. fucking effect when people do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a wild. We, did, we yeah. did that, or Jessica did that for your movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yes, we did, did a little movie where my girlfriend played our monster and we just like caked her kicked her face in latex and had her close her eyes and draw eyes on it's you like such it. a fucking oh that's great yeah, yeah, yeah. i'd love to see it yeah because yeah, it's uh-huh. it is i've never seen enough of that but like it's you, you start messing with the eyes it's the, great yeah. the, the classic film eyes without a face yes like, yes it's that yes it's uh-huh. exactly that's what why is. that is so unnerving it's that There's uncanny the, valley sublime shit man it's so wild it's to see so that so unnerving mm-hmm. but that by the way just from my perspective and david hasn't even gotten into the the effects of the tentacles because that was a whole incredible thing that, that they worked out because you know in the movie the tentacles start to go and they start to go around corners and through the doors and grab yeah. people and that whole thing and there's that moment where you know we're trying to pull Gary out and the tentacles are pulling him in and those guys wasn't his name Dragon? Dragon. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, Dragon. there's an One of the puppeteers, guy. yeah. Named Dragon. No last name. This production just gets cooler. Hi, I'm Dragon. <laughs> but these guys are puppeteers. I mean, so you can imagine they're like marionettes. Like they're they're working these tentacles oh, okay. by hand. Um, multiple things happening at the, at the same time, and they've got the air pumps pumping them so that they they're expanding yeah. and contracting. Yeah, the tentacles were just hoses with uh, silicone over them, so you pump them full of air okay. and they mm. breathe. Yeah. And Amazing. in the moment, as an actor, in the moment, and there's a certain moment where the tentacle starts. There's something about the 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 puppeteering of it that the realism of that is scary in the moment. Yeah, it's unnerving to you as a performer in the moment, and it the way it moved, and then he moved it, and he just yeah. bring it up to my face, and I was there. I felt it. Yeah. 
And I don't think there's something about the rawness of that, the kind of rudimentary way of doing that, that I personally find scarier. Like I personally, this is just me. I don't want to speak for anybody else. I don't, I don't find CG scary. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking. I I I agree. Um, and so working in this way, I just felt not only brought me there as a performer, but when I, you know, when I look at the film, it's just something, I mean, you said it quite simply. You're like, there's just something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something wrong. Probably, there's something yeah. off. I imagine it's more fun too, right? Because it's like, there's a thing you get right. to like play with. I, thing by it's part yeah. of like the whole spirit of what we were talking about earlier, which is, um, and I think it's why, you know, you probably like doing it and, you know, Scott and you know, Scott Derrickson and all these guys, you know, get to, do these films is that there's something about getting back to not just back to basics, but back to the kind of run and gun spirit that you had when you were a kid or when you were first starting out and you're just making a movie. There's something about you feel tapped into that energy and that spirit. Mm-hmm. And I did as, as an actor, it felt like I was a kid again and we're running around doing this stuff. It's a wildly inappropriate thing for 30 adults to be doing on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like grown men. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though you have to make the day and there's pressure yeah. on it, occasionally you have to just kind of take a moment and go, this is fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know? go to, yeah. No, go but you have these moments. You're like, this is why I wanted to do this in the, in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And to not... Play I mean, around with tentacles. Yeah. Cronenbergian tentacles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that that energy and that spirit, and and yes, you grow up and you're, you know, it's a job and it's a profession and you're and you you're making days and there's a studio involved, there's like money involved. But there's that little thing that you i feel like if you still got your finger like like tapped into that, that spirit, it imbues the project with something ineffable that that audiences feel. Yeah. Yeah. That they sniff out and they they can tell the difference. It's like the equivalent of the effects being, you know, After Effects or the yeah, playing with the or playing with the the, the VCR. <laughs> if you've got that energy and that spirit, and you approach it that way, I feel like audiences are sophisticated and they feel it, even if they can't put their finger exactly on it, they feel it. Oh, last night I watched the movie again, and I was I was geeking out and trying to figure like how the fuck did they do that. Like, how did those tentacles move like that? I kept rewinding and, like, trying to see, like... Dragon. Just, yeah, Dragon. Yeah, not a fucking dude yeah. named Dragon. No dragon. last name, just Dragon. So, I love doesn't have a phone number. Yeah, I actually know dragon. his last name, and I've worked with him several times now. <laughs> don't You don't want we to just know, go. Though, right? He's just also, where is yeah. he from? You found him in the Carpathians. He's from, he, it's interesting, he's from Serbia, actually. Shit. And so, which we shot Hellraiser in Serbia, so he helped us kind of set that up. But now, you know, he's here now, so he's... Sitting on a pile so, of gold. But there was a moment, yeah. so just, to, just to paint that picture, Sure. There was yeah. a moment in that moment I was describing where the tentacle comes into my face. Mm-hmm. You know, it's again this Warner and Alex. Is, so he's got to be as hidden as possible. And Dragon was on a step ladder hanging over the door frame, <laughs> like puppeteering like marionette this this tentacle. And just the image of him. I don't know. There's just something Magical. comedy about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. That makes me want to rewind things a little bit. Um, David, you basically so you've been in the found footage world for a while. You've been mm-hmm. doing. You mentioned Southbound, starting with VHS, and uh, so I was curious, what's it like for you coming back to it? And we kind of brushed on that a little bit. And Jordan, you, you can, again can't can't swing a dig, dead cat in the TV without seeing you on it every now and then. <laughs> but uh, like, what's what's your history with either the horror realm and found footage? You no, know, you had Nefarious out this past year. Been in in it a little bit. Like, what's the so like coming back around to it for you guys. 
Um, well, I, I, yeah, I did a short for, I've done a lot of anthologies actually. Um, so we made a movie in 07 that was kind of like our first thing to get out there. I got, I'm from Atlanta. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff I made was kind of like my Atlanta cohorts. It was like, we had a little team there for a while. Um, we did a movie called the signal in 2007 and then, uh, and then a few years later did the first VHS and that was the one that like really broke through. And so I did a short for that. And that was the first time I ever tried found footage and uh, really fell in love with it because it's, um, yes, there's this bargain that you have with the audience. This is all discovered media. I, we have to come up with a reason why it's recorded the way it's recorded, but it's, uh, and, it, and it looks accidental, but it's still filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And it, everything on screen is a decision. And sometimes people think you just ran out there with your friends and just shot some punk shit, you know, not even without a care in the world about cinema. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you're like, no, all of that's invented. We lit that. That's a performance. That's not how he talks. Right. You know, it's like, uh, that's not, you know, if you turn the camera the other way, that's not what this location looks like. It's, it's, it's filmmaking in the same sense uh, as everything else that you do. You just can't get caught doing it. So there's this weird bar where, you have to design things, but make it seem really, really accidental. Do you think it's harder in some ways because of that? Because you have to keep this extra reality of we're just running around with a camera, like you say, versus with traditional narrative. You don't. People aren't thinking that. Well, I wonder, and it'd be an interesting question for you if it's something like you know th that was in your mind or not. But I find that it it, it is. It, there's a curious difficulty in not getting caught. There are certain things that uh, you rely upon in movie proper traditional filmmaking that you can't do in found footage, you know? For one, if you're doing practical gags, you know, they don't, we always joke, it's like two frames to the right and left of everything on screen is a total disaster. Like, you yeah, you shoot right, a gag right. and it's yeah. like, well, that didn't work. We've got 20 minutes. We have one more take. My God. And then everybody's like palm sweaty just like trying to figure out how to do it. And so, uh, but with found footage, it has to live in continuity of another event. So the camera has to somehow get there after looking at a bunch of lines. So you got to get the performance, the run through the door, the stunt, and then the prosthetic gag all together in one bit. And uh, so in that sense, yeah, it's a lot harder, but that's part of the fun. The whole right. thing, there's a heist to it that's pretty enjoyable. Um, likewise, you know, you, you're, it, it, it's a lot like perspective, single point of view filmmaking often. So, you know, akin to something like 1917 that has like the commitment of this is going to be one long immersive experience, uh, found footage gets you there pretty quick. A lot of it is point of view filmmaking. And so that means everybody's running performances together and mm -hmm. you're not shooting coverage. So. I don't get to pick my favorite read of line X from so-and-so and, -so and then yeah. juggle it together and cut it into something else over here. I can't control the pace the way I can mm -hmm. in a normal movie edit. So all of those are unique challenges. And then finally, it's like the, um, I think it's really hard on the acting. Like I think there are, there's a kind, there are a lot of reads that work really well in traditional cinema where there's a score underneath where the camera's slow dollying in and the background and everything's perfectly framed where you're looking at a tableau of something that is very orchestrated where you can, you can get away with a certain something. When the conceit is that this is discovered, that kind of performance will just fall flat on its face instantly. Mm -hmm. And so um, the actors have to be immersed in a way that... Uh, I, I, it, from a director's point of view, I think is different. I think sometimes my job is to simply stage it so that they can be immersed and give them the freedom because otherwise we'll get busted. But I don't know if that was something you were thinking about 
you know, in the process of making this or it's, um, it's not that I don't, I don't walk around going, Hey guys, this is going to be harder than normal, but like, <laughs> you know. no, I, uh, I mean, it's an interesting question, but Austin, to answer your original question, I think the same thing generally applies to almost anything, any, not just found footage, but any, any movie or any art form. And maybe it's an obvious thing to say, which is, you know, something is good when the work is invisible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole that's totally, the whole yeah. thing. When when uh, my wife and I went to the um, Disney Hall on Saturday mm-hmm. and we uh, saw the LA Philharmonic and there was this pianist and it, it, he just it's insane and he makes it look easy. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key is like when something looks easy that's when you know something is really good or somebody is really good because it just looks like it it just is. Right. Um, seeing the work is always the, you die, you know, um, that's death. And so, um, this is an interesting context for that because you don't want to see that, like to David's point, you know, you kind of see the work because it's found footage, but there's a whole underneath thing going on where everything is decided. Everything is made to look, you know, unintentional or, or, or whatever it is. But in terms of performance, the only thing I would say is that what it requires in this case, you know, because, you know, I'm the leader of this team, but it is an ensemble. And because you're doing these long takes, you really need a group of actors who can perform it almost like a play. I was going to say, it seems like it'd be like theater from an actor's perspective. Yeah, but you need, there. there's an improvisational element, as I was saying before, there's a kind of theater-like, you know, play-like element. Um, but also you're doing the dance with with the cameraman. And so all of that is in my head. I mean, I've been doing this long enough that, like, I can kind of do that all intuitively. Like, I have, I know where Alex is at any point. I know what David's going for. And I know how to kind of create the, the rhythm and the momentum with the other actors. And sometimes it's uh, not there. Yeah. Um, you know, and there were there's some moments that were rough, um, but you just have to drive it because he can't cut it later to right. to drive it for you. And so, yeah, that, I mean, it's that's the best way I can describe it is that it's it's almost kind of like a play. And there's something really exciting about that because, you know, things will happen and the energy is a lot. You know, it's 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 happening in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be created later. And you mentioned, you know. Nefarious, which is the the other you know film that I did this year, and um, I don't know if you've seen it or not, yeah, but it's, it's it's just set up in coverage, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like but it's because it's a two yeah. character movie, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and so it's funny that we happen to be talking about that because there's an element about that that I just experienced in terms of like it's all through performance, it's yeah. all through you know this exchange and doing it almost like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the exception that they are able to cut and build the rhythms that they want into it. Cut and build, but you probably had so much to work with off Flannery just, like, moving his mouth, (laughs) right? What was crazy was that we, yes. (laughs) What was, but we were shooting, um, we were shooting 12, 13, 14, 15 pages, not only in a day, but in a take. Oh no shit. Like wow. so we would Why? like huh? we would just Jesus. it was like 15 pages in a take. And then you That's know, insane. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That was what we had that was what we had to do. That was the deal. Yeah. 
and there's so I'm much not, of it that just takes place in that one room. And it's that, it's ninety percent of the movie. Yeah. yeah, chamber piece. But also, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but whatever. This is just true. We didn't have rehearsal. Oh, no kidding. And is that your special power? It's <laughs> <laughs> coming in. Yeah. But we didn't have rehearsal, and so and and Sean isn't even somebody that likes to rehearse anyway. But we didn't have rehearsal, and it really. You know, everything depends on the chemistry between the two of us and what kind of electricity we can create and the rhythms and and, and how we build it, you know, performance-wise. And so to not have... It's the kind of piece that you'd want to rehearse like a play, you know, for like, I don't know, a week or so, get into it, mine it, mm-hmm. dig in, get it up on its feet, and then... But we just didn't have that luxury. And so there's all these elements to, to that. But yeah, man, that was... Uh, so was this your first found footage? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. This is the first. This is the first. First one. So I. So anyway, there's a long-winded answer to, to answer your question, which is, I don't know that it was necessarily consciously different. It just was. I knew, you know, from our first conversation, what you were after, and so I just knew how to drop in and uh, and try to build the world out and give it the energy that. I knew that he was trying to go for for the way that he was going to cover it, particularly in the end, particularly in that one yeah. um, so which, which was fun to get the energy up on because it was like it was very much we had to keep reminding everybody like, hey, this is the last seven minutes <laughs> of a hour and a half long movie that you guys haven't seen Correct. and you don't know because it's the end of the anthology. So yeah. we got to get way up here. You know, uh, it's just a very unique set of challenges because it was an intertwined anthology. But yeah. But yeah. And to go back to your other question. uh, Yeah. Just part of the, you know, coming back to this, what was it like or why do it? I mean, um, yeah. I mean, for us, when we made that first VHS, we had nothing to lose. Nobody knew what we were up to. And uh, there's a certain energy that's there that you have when you're not looking over your own shoulder. And um you know, having been fortunate enough to make a few features and, 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 and work the last many years, um, it was exciting for me to go from doing like, you know, $20 million feature film to going back to doing this garage band style stuff. Right. And that's something that I was like, this is a place where we're free. This is a place where we can cheat on our careers a little bit. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, we call them fuck you movies. Yeah. It was just like, this is very much my pitch. And, and, you know, and that's that's something on offer to everybody. I mean, it's like talking to Jordan. It's like, this is a place to go nuts and try something very, very unique. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know? It's like the movie doesn't have to care too much. This isn't a movie that's asking for too much from the audience. It's just going to kind of be in its own way. And so the hope there is that inside something that is an anthology or maybe it's partially because it's found footage or maybe it's just because it's VHS is that is that we can get a little bit of that vibe from it, you know? Um, it's like therapy, and yeah. yeah, filmmaking process. Yeah, yeah. go to therapy or make movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes is the answer, I guess. Uh, and as a producer on this series as well, you said you shot your segment last. How much? How much did you already know going into your segment of how it would fit in? Like, what was your? Were you able to kind of plan overarching? Uh, situations based on what you had seen? Yeah, we had seen all the other shorts. We had kind of ordered the movie. Um, Evan Dixon, who wrote it, um, and myself had kind of come up with how this would integrate. And we were trying to aim for something pretty... We were asking ourselves questions. The wraparound traditionally in the VHS movies is 
um, is is a really tricky thing to pull off because it's um, uh, you know you're in and you're out. You just don't get much time. It's hard to build suspense inside of a minute when you're mm-hmm. sort of stuck between these other films. And so, um, so we were trying to come up with a different way to do it. It's kind of a um, um, something that pulls from the history of what the wraparounds had done in the past, but kind of does its own thing in a way. And uh, so we we were we were aiming for something pretty specific in that regard. And um, I was fortunate to see what all the other filmmakers were up to, and and also unfortunate to see that the other movies were pretty fucking awesome. And like yeah. I was like, this is gonna be a tough act to follow. <laughs> yeah, so, right. but we also um, we also took inspiration from those shorts. So the other idea was like, can the rap harmonize some of the elements that are in it not in like a goofy like here's where the tapes are discovered very literal plotty kind of way because we tried that in the past and and i think it had worked in vhs2 about as good as it was ever going to work and after that the mythology had just broken Mm -hmm. so it was like uh it just felt like describing the origin felt like extra water for the audience to tread in some ways. And we had this great mixtape conceit where the whole thing just feels accidental and unexplained. Mm. And I think despite pop culture training where we all expect answers for everything, there's something just miraculous about the things a movie won't tell you. And, uh, and I love embracing that as much as possible. And I was just like, this is no explanation. It's discordant. It's you got an alien kid watching movies and transforming as a result of that. Uh, and it seems to align with the movies that we're watching, but not mm. quite. I love that. So that was a little bit the spirit of it. But it also incorporated like some of the sci-fi from the other pieces, some of the body horror, um, um, uh, and then just some other area, you know, affectations from the other films we tried to pull into it. Yeah. I mean, it works really well. It I works think, great. And yeah. I think especially because it's so lenient on comedy, which I love. To your point, it's hard to build suspense in a minute, two minutes, but you can get like a couple good little jokes in, yeah, and like kind of <laughs> yeah. carry the story away. So then, when you get to your big finale, that's when you can go full like horror suspense. But it's I, it's fantastic. It was far and above my favorite of the. I just it hit because to your point, I'm the same way. I I scream about this all the time. I don't need to be explained everything, and often I think movies are better when they don't explain everything. Let's just get in, see some, take me to your world, and we get out. And I think you guys did that beautifully and it worked great for me and I love weird and the weird little fucking like sealed tentacle faces at the yeah. end just brought me endless joy yeah. man I love weird too and you don't get to do weird very often no you know people are nerds yeah. and they don't like it right <laughs> right they want context they want explanation but to some degree yeah no we were just like let's just do vibe yeah. you know what I mean yeah, and yeah. Uh, and a lot of it it's interesting is funny to us and I, the, another thing that they teach you you know is like you know this is like old screenwriter school shit but like Tell the audience early on that they have permission to laugh at this. And I think, what a terrible idea. Like, well, how much more fun to look at something and be like, I can't tell if they're kidding or not. <laughs> and it's like, and by the end of it, it's like, you get to the last shot of our of our short, it's like, oh, yeah, they're having a blast. It's, it's like, so they are totally yeah. cracking up with this. And yeah. it's like, yeah. yes, it's all it's all in jest. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, we loved just being as obtuse as possible about that. So, I don't know, hopefully it worked. Yeah, did, for, did for me. For me, in this one, it was it was I watched way too many horror movies, and this was an interesting experience because I remember sitting in the Beyond Fest screening, admittedly very tired, um, and was watching it, and was immediately woken up very quickly in No Wake, the first the first segment, right right after the intro that you guys have, um, feeling very uncomfortable immediately when that sniper rifle starts going off. Oh, what a moment! Just yeah. very <laughs> immediately, like just felt yeah. like just ripped out of me, and that happened again in Dreamkill. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I th- third, that's, I think it's Derrickson's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the third or fourth one where it's just between the music and then the way, there's just something about the vibe that happens that's just, it actually like unnerved me. Mm-hmm. But then there'd be these moments like that just would, I would, you know, explode out of my seat with joy and laughter and immediately be snapped out of that sense of dread. And I remember at the moment when you say, spoilers for anybody that hasn't watched this yet. Um, <laughs> We're way past that. Yeah, way past that. I guess you're right. Um, yeah, fuck it, let him go. I think um, my whole you probably guys probably heard me laughing in the theater. That got the I biggest reaction in the theater for oh, sure. The whole place I, I believe. blew up. It was great. <laughs> it melted but, down. But just those moments of like the beats that oh throughout the throughout the film, but particularly with the interstitials that you guys were in, putting in there, that was like this. I think I can. I don't. It would snap me out of that sense of like I really don't fucking feel good watching this thing, right? And I loved that. I feel like that's a really hard thing to do, and I think it's really hard for to make like something that is genuinely eerie. Right nowadays, I feel like, especially for someone like me that absorbs so much of this content, so to then have that and then be able to have those moments of just sheer joy and yeah. elated laughter yeah. was just. I such think that's a treat. what VHS like for me is what's so great about it is a lot of the movies in there are. It, you feel like I don't think I'm supposed to be watching this, you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's borderline. We, we're we're touching snuff yeah. here, almost cannibal holocaust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. feeling that way that way with the first VHS when it came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. it's got a it's got a vibe to it. Um, I do have. By the way, totally satisfying fulfilling to hear that about that line. Yeah, um, and yeah. to be in the and to be in the theater when that happened because you're right, like the the audience went yeah, it was bananas, great. Yeah, it was huge. out of my seat. But what's so cool too is that it wasn't just like a one off line. That was actually something David and I talked a lot about as a real specific moment. Not just in the movie, but for Spratling, like we talked a lot about that yeah. as the turn. Yeah. Okay. Um, about my arc. I mean, this was all like really thought through. Sure. And that moment being the moment where I'm no longer, you know, the way I could think of the way I could describe it is that like I think part of what's so funny is that it's the realization that I'm not the main character <laughs> that I think I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great way, way to put it. Put yeah. it right? right. I'm not the main character I think I am. And it's like, oh, this isn't going to work out for me. <laughs> this is everything that I, you know, I thought, and, and describing it that way is kind of the meta way to describe it, but it is the turn where uh-huh, all right. of a sudden everything, what David and I talked a lot about was I keep, repeating this mantra of like, it's okay, it's okay, Gary, it's okay, everything's okay, I got this, I, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, and that's the moment yeah. where it finally decided. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's fucking not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very obviously not okay <laughs> yeah. since so the long. very beginning of the <laughs> yeah. short. Yeah. And it's like the, but I'm the, the only one that doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah. You're the last that's, person to find out. Yeah. That's the great yeah. thing about it. It's just the moment that the audience, I don't think, knows we're building toward. It's like, Correct. we know that this quote unquote mad scientist is fucking this up for everybody. But like, how far is it going to go until that moment, the breaking point? And when it hits you like, and it, it is, and then you could play it as a surprise to the audience in a way with a, a line like that. It really is just like sublime. It's really nice. How if if I may, if I may just stick with this for a second, but put mm-hmm. a little context to this. So the, uh, Evan Dixon and myself writing it, like I, I've been obsessed with AI since before this AI explosion, mm-hmm. you know, for years I've just been like, you know, Terminators, like the greatest AI movie yeah, ever was, made. Yeah. But like Cameron used to make traditional cautionary tales. Like, yeah. you know, most of his movies are about nuclear war. 
Yeah. And now he's very much, uh, you know, uh, building awareness about climate change, both through his work and outside of his work. But like, I always love this idea of, a, of, of cautionary cinema, particularly at the crossroads between horror and sci-fi, which mm-hmm. is like, here is something that is overtly warning you about uh, how runaway technology can treat us in some way or another. And yeah, it can be a little gaudy. It can be a little over the top. But to some degree or another, that's an expression of how ridiculous it is that we blindly move forward with some of these things not knowing what we're getting into. That's mm-hmm. where you get into something that's a little bit more strange love, where it's like mm. the comedy is an expression of the absurdity of like, you guys, you built a couple thousand nuclear bombs and we weapons and we pointed them all at each other. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know any other way to describe this except to be funny about it. So yeah. like, so the idea of something that has a little like camp sensibility, but is in this cautionary vein was something that we were thinking about and kind of talking about. And the subterranean thing that I don't expect anybody to get, but that was our primary inspiration was, was AI. And it was, um, it was this one, uh, I think a lot of people have heard of, heard about it. Maybe you guys have heard of the paperclip maximizer, which is this kind of also gaudy AI metaphor um, which I think uh, Eliezer Kudlowski was the, uh, I believe, the, 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 the first person that brought it up. And the idea was that, you know, you think you're going to build a general AI intelligence that's going to, like, value everything that we value. That it's going to become so smart at some point that it's going to wake up and it's going to go, yeah, music, the value of human life. Like, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Like, I get it. But actually what might happen is that you build a machine to do something completely inane like create paperclips and you imbue it with the gift that it will become better at creating paperclips. And uh, what suddenly happens over time is that it it starts getting smarter and it starts finding ways to hold paper together that you never possibly imagined. And you're like, my God, this is brilliant. And then it like gets into the paper making business so that it can invent paper to clip together. And you're like, wait a minute, that's the cart before the horse. And right about that moment, you realize something's wrong. It turns all your friends into paper clips. <laughs> and so this, this massive miscommunication in priorities yeah. is what meets your doom. And so to some degree, that's Rory. And that was just the inspiration. We we're like, yeah, let's just find this inane thing. Let's layer you know, we've got this creature that we're showing all this human culture to. And uh, is it possible that it's doing exactly what we told it to do? It's, yeah. it's, it's mimicking. And so uh, what's scarier, what's eerier, what, what has like a lasting sort of uh, like a residual aftertaste beyond it comes out and kills us all for some reason is that it's doing what it said it was going to do. So it's basically mimicking, except it's in the service of an you know, 80s exercise video a la Perfect starring the, John we, Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. That joy. these things yeah. don't have humanity yeah. in the way that we project onto it. Mm-hmm. And that's my downfall in the movies, Bradley's downfall. Is that's that, right. Is that I am looking at Rory projecting humanity onto it. I can connect with it. It's also what makes me special is that I have the ability to like have this emotional connection, this deep, right. profound, put, hand out put my hand ass. out yeah. connection. Um, but at the end of the day, like, and it's a line from, you know, uh, Kelly's character in it, is that like existence doesn't care about, we care about us, but existence doesn't necessarily care about us. But we think existence cares about us the way we care about us. And so we, we graft on that humanity to things that don't necessarily have human-like mm lenses on, on 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 the world and so that's our end is the is the idea that these things don't care about things the way we do and we think they're going to um and i don't have the emotional connection to rory because rory's just trying to 
do the aerobics. <laughs> like, and that's the pay, the aerobics yeah. is the paperclip. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, and this all distilled uh-huh. for us down. We were like, the essence of this co- conflict lives between it's okay and fuck it, let him go. Like that's uh-huh. the whole the whole movie lives right there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's both funny, but it was kind of like that was theme stated for us in some ways. But yeah, and that release yeah. happens in that line, and I think it's why it works yeah. in that way for everybody is that it's both funny and absurd and scary all at once. Yeah, and it's just this like release for the audience in that moment and then and then that wonderful just jazzercise right there at the end yeah was that always jazzercise was it always that way when you guys were making well it's funny because uh we were we were up against it in terms of budget we were like are we gonna have to shoot an exercise video can Mm. we get rights for an old exercise video like is it like how how's this gonna work and so we had to basically script some alternate versions um so we sort of had on the table a few different things we we also wanted to do twister um, which would have been fun, but we were oh, not. Yeah. We were not going to get the rights to, to Twister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so we got into politics. Pledge of Allegiance was another one that we noodled on a little bit, but uh-huh. ultimately, oh, yeah. ultimately, when we saw that particular jazzercise move, we're like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. It's just a little obscene. Um, and it's completely memorable, and yeah. you can hang a lantern on it. Which means yeah. like you can show it to the audience a few times, and it can just feel like background and like. You know, it, you're always talking with something like this, like, is the audience going to get ahead of the joke? I could be wrong, but I don't think anyone got ahead of it. I, I remember just no talking way. about Never it. At the ed- like, you remember we were shooting that screen with the jazzercise, <laughs> and it was just like, hang on it longer. Hang on it too long. Like, we can yeah. just, we can really lay this out for the audience, and no one is going to see this coming. And so, and, yeah. you know, that prankster notion of that was, like, a little fun to us, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, not it's great. It's, Could not it's sniff way that out. out of left field. It's weird as shit. Yeah. Who's gonna fucking figure that out? I yeah, loved it. yeah, yeah. It feel it feels like a I, like I don't know what it's. It feels like um, uh, almost feels like a kids show or something. Yeah, right, like, right, I, right. Yeah, the other thing is right. that you never really know how this is all gonna come together. It's like not until the Russells bring in the slimy monster and yeah. <laughs> Josh is hiding in a couch like yeah. puppeteering it you but got so four tentacles alive you're like look get it it's so happy I love it yeah you're it's like what? massacre <laughs> what have we done is this yeah. the last thing we're ever they're ever gonna let us make maybe I don't know. because of exactly that yeah. yeah he's not evil he's not mean no. he's not malicious in any way it doesn't care Rory's just yeah. there and it's like <laughs> oh I like this I'll do that you're a thing, you know. There's yeah. no, and yeah, as a cautionary tale. Guys, you don't need to be in here doing this. There's multiple people in this jazz recital. I don't know why you're not joining. <laughs> yeah. What, just me? Yeah, <laughs> I can't do this on my own. This is a group activity. <laughs> Have you guys standing seen, on the and we were watching. I was watching clips from Perfect while we were shooting that. Have you guys oh, ever yeah. seen Perfect? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That scene? Yeah. With, the jazz recital. Yeah. Oh I've seen the scene. Yeah. Seen yeah. It's incredible. I know the scene. It's ridiculous. It's, you can't absurd. believe it's real. Yeah. And no. it goes on forever. It goes on uh-huh. forever. Long. It's like a yeah. nine-minute scene. Yeah. No dialogue Fantastic. of just John Travolta looking around, looking at Jamie Lee Curtis, looking around, thrusting yeah. his crotch for, for like nine minutes. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. then. <laughs> things were weird things were weird then Travolta yeah. could captivate a screen for nine minutes on, on end though in the 70s and 80s yeah. so. sure. it it's his hips power. let's yeah. be honest oh, yeah. like, they're mesmerizing yeah. Like, yeah. this guy's yeah. got rhythm for real always, yeah. Has. Yeah. Yeah. always has yeah. I was arguing with my girlfriend about Grease the other night and just how much I love Travolta in that film and He's just great. like the utter utter sex value that that man has oh, and it's beautiful. during that era, beautiful era was just, I thought you were going to say you were arguing that Grease 2 was better than Grease 
No, but Greece Two is pretty good. Not where you're not arguing. Greece Two is pretty good. Look, Cool Rider is better than 99 percent of the songs in either of those. Films. You see what I deal with? Feature 75. I have a uh, uh, a random question. So, three of us were in, or the uh, three of us were in the Beyond Fest screening, mm. and we were all uh, treated to the sound of laughter and talking uh, at several points in the beginning, and then the shh. And it wasn't until the next day that I learned that it was Glenn Danzig and that he was brought out of the movie theater. I don't know this story. Do you know? No shit. I don't know okay, so the, right. the, in the movie, there's, a, there's somebody that keeps talking and, in the movie theater. And the members of the audience keep going, shh, shh. And it goes on for like 15, 20, 30 minutes. And then it stops. And I didn't really think anything of it. I just no, they went solved, on They the solved their problem. They solved the problem, right? Whatever. Yeah. And then the next day, I... He sends me this tweet. Yeah, on Twitter. Where someone says that it was Glenn Danzig yeah. and that he was talking and he was removed from the film or from the screening for talking. And my heart exploded <laughs> when I read that because it's just so on fucking cue for him to do that. But it feels like a magic trick that they were able to get him out of there quietly. <laughs> and I wanted to know if either of you happen to know how they got him out of that movie theater quietly. I didn't even know the story. So. Yeah, I didn't know it happened. It was I, I, so smooth. Yeah, I didn't either. It was, it was kind of in the aftermath post-screening. Somebody was like, I heard Glenn Danzig got kicked out. And I was like, I did hear something back there. <laughs> but like, I, I never would have thought it was Glenn Danzig. But um, uh, no, apparently, uh, yeah, apparently there was some shit talk. That's all I heard. I don't know, between him and some other individual. Fantastic. And I don't know the details. I know that he left, and I, it has been confirmed, and I think mm-hmm. this is the, the plot, that the thickening part that sweetens it, that yeah. he also did sneak back into the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. oh, wow. So, yes. <laughs> he hung out yeah. in incognito somehow and got back into the theater. It's fantastic. <laughs> fucking magic, dude. I was sitting there going, like, how did they get him out? And they're like, Glenn, is there's a 50 on the ground. Yeah, we thought there was like, <laughs> someone dropped a 20 in the lobby, yeah. and he just ran. <laughs> Somebody's out there. They called you fat. Come on, yeah. here. They're, like, they're gonna kick that fucking ass, right? Oh, it just makes me. It it makes my heart explode that he is that much of a cl- I, Glenn Danzig. I know you're listening, and I'm still a big fan. Yeah, Jesus big Christ, fan. man! Don't wow. talk in movies. Wow. No, God, no, no. Wow. I they know. I want to. I want to open a chain of theaters where. Um, there's no no talking. The movie starts on time. There's no talking, and there's laser turrets, and they just <laughs> snipe you if you talk. Because I'm fucking sick of this shit. I'd be down. See, yeah. I'd be down. See, Plays you're in no danger again. if you respect yeah. the rules. Yeah. <laughs> Some girl in a dating app Sounds just like now. A dictatorship. <laughs> Some girl in a dating app just two days ago asked me what my icks were for girls. Icks. Icks. What's an ick? Like things you think that turn turn off. Turn off. I said talking in movie theaters. I said talking in movies. Yeah, and she's like, "Ooh, this is gonna be a problem because like I have a lot of face blindness and I have a lot of questions." What? And I what? know she said it. Wait, what was the first thing you said? I have a lot of what? Face blindness. Face, face blindness. She said, "I have face blindness." What does so that I can't mean? remember. I can't remember if I've seen this character before, so I'll constantly <laughs> be asking. <laughs> and in her profile, she says, "I love anime," and so I kind of. Uh, Get at her a little bit. I'm like, but doesn't anime have like a thousand characters per show? So like, is that not excruciating for you? And she's like, <laughs> do not insult anime to my face. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Talking in theaters is fine. Yeah, talking yeah. in theaters Insulting is fine. Insulting anime is where we... Yeah. Wow. Face? Well, then we should unmatch if you're just going to be critical on anime like that. I went, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you had me at face blindness. Yeah. <laughs> is that the thing that Brad Pitt claimed that he had? 
Did he? When was that? When did, when did he claim that he had it? I don't know, recently in some story. Okay. It, it was thing? his excuse, I think, for why he didn't remember people's sure. names. That's good. Yeah. Which uh, I, I thought was genius. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is that a real that. thing? That man's, I've, I've heard others claim that they have it, so I'm not discounting. Um, I've only le- heard it in jest. The League of Face Blindness, we apologize. There is yeah. an <laughs> interesting radio well, lab. Well, they won't know who we are. So. <laughs> there's, a, there's a radio lab that gets into that a bit. Really? Oh, yeah? Yes. yes. It describes the, the neurological... Uh, yeah, because like, we have a part of our mind that is especially designed to see the human face, which is fun to think about when you start getting into Uncanny Valley stuff when you like mess with it. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> apparently, and I think the I think the way it's described in the show is that to have face blindness is to like differentiating human faces for someone in that condition is a little bit like trying to tell the difference between trees. Oh, yeah. That stuck with me. Well, how's that hard for... What is that hard? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know your trees. You don't have tree blindness. What <laughs> <laughs> kind of place is this? My dad has the ability to do that. Like he'll just be driving. Like that's yeah. this tree. This like is the tree. kind of tree. Yes, dude, tries me fucking. That's insane. just old man shit. It is yeah. old man yeah. shit. We're it's all like, heading there. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm headed there at all. Okay. <laughs> But Brad Pitt doesn't seem to have a problem distinguishing between unattractive and attractive women. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that yeah. face blindness only goes yeah. so far. <laughs> no, it's way. a temporary. It's a, yeah. You know, it's I think I do remember It's you. a hard, it's uh-huh. a hard thing. He's just Cliff Booth in my mind. You know what? Yeah, he's yeah. always Cliff yeah. Booth. We're going to reverse engineer this. I think it's about time, gentlemen, to do a shutdown. We yeah, so this I mentioned this to you in the email. Yeah, that's right. That we do a 60-second recap. It is two music, two uh, sound effects. Yeah, so there's we have a lovely 60-second uh, theme that uh, Cody and I have composed. There are screams at the 15-second marks to help you. Um, so the reason we do this on the show is so we don't get caught in the bog down of like explaining plots of movies when we talk about them. It's, fu- it's a fun, jesty way to say, we're not going to talk about the plot, we're going to talk about just specific things. Um, yeah. So... We were thinking it'd be fun if you guys shudded it down. <laughs> you said that, Try right? that again. No, no, you said that <laughs> nope, right. I said it right. You got it. Uh, VHS 85 in its entirety, I think, is the more fun way to go wow. about this than wow. just your segment. So we're going to give a plot synopsis for yeah. VHS in its entirety yeah. inside of 60 seconds. Each Correct. of you yeah. get 30 seconds. 30 seconds as a bulk. So you'll... Or I was thinking they could trade off oh, at the 15. That is fun, too. Because you'll hear a scream... And we and could cue you. 15. So you could trade off at 15s. And if... Does that sound good? If, if we yeah. fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes. want to put that on. You actually yes. do yeah. need that. Or, yeah, or, or uh, if we fail, we have yeah. a cattle prod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a laser. Yeah. 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 Sign. Yeah. yeah, on the, the success rate is very low. <laughs> Why do you think I'm the eternal host now? I was just a guest. I failed. And He's been here. in control this whole time, I think. Well, he also has this wild memory where you're just able to just... Every time we do this, yours is always perfect. Yeah, every I, time. Because I trim the He's fat. He's really good at it. These guys get bogged down in details. When this person and they went and did this, that doesn't matter. Trim the fat. Get straight to the point. Um, I have face and you have so seen I can't remember names of characters. VHS 85 twice? Once. 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 <laughs> oh, we saw it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I've seen it once. You saw the movie for the first you time. You might have to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> so, so, no, at, 30 se- at 15 seconds, it's all yeah. yours. Who would yeah. like to go first? Would you like to go first? Uh, Mr. Bruckner? I mean, that's probably... Yeah, all right, fine. All right, yes. So okay. when you hear music, you start, there'll be a scream, then it's your turn to pick up where he left off and just truck through, try to get through the movie. You got a minute? It's, it's, every time there's a scream, 
Switch back. But switch what back. You, what you want is is the is the description of the movie, the plot of the yeah. whole movie, the plot of the whole movie, yeah. and everything that happens. If you hadn't seen mm-hmm. uh, VHS eighty five, uh, or as we call it, Vitches, um, <laughs> you could listen to this and know what happened. That's the goal. Great, the great. Cliff, right? Cliff notes on crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. Are, are we ready? Yep. All right. Here's this, the special guest edition of the shutdown for Vitches eighty five. In three, two. Open on a bizarre mixtape, there's a boy watching a TV in a creepy voiceover. We go to a bunch of students, kids, uh, in a Friday the 13th style movie out by the lake. They're in a boat. Suddenly, bam, they're hit by a sniper out of nowhere. We think they're dead, and then they awake suddenly, and they have all these wounds, and they're kind of like walking revenants. Now you. Cut to uh, other footage of yeah. a made-for-TV documentary where we meet a scientist, an obsessed scientist, the head of a uh, scientific team, researching this entity, this boy. Okay, now you. <laughs> the entity is forced to watch videos that make it transform into other things. They're hoping this will instigate some communication. Also, they're trapped in the facility because the research is important. Boom, they're pulled out of that. And we're watching a news broadcast in Mexico City in 1985. An earthquake happens. Now you. They are in the rubble, going through tunnels, all the way down, you gotta down, get through the down, rest. down, down, all the way to the bottom, where gods are <laughs> revealed and come to the surface. And they meet their end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's we're about. VHS we're about we're about 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 There we go. Yep. We got about. I was we, thinking about this on the drive over, and I was like, "This is actually the worst possible movie to have to." One hundred percent is with because you got to recap like five things. Because this, yeah. this is our yeah. first anthology for this show. I, I believe so. Yes, is it? it might be. It, it, one we'll of maybe is. two. Yeah, for sure. Okay, it's we, certainly yeah. the best one we've done on our show. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you got <laughs> into the weeds real early. I <laughs> started yeah, I can't. Yeah. Like, oh, if we're going this way, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's where you biffed yeah. it. You got to just like <laughs> there was a boat. It was like got <laughs> shot. Then they were in Mexico, and there's an Aztec thing. Then there's the little squid boy. That's how I do it. I, I <laughs> but you were writing the script. You were like, it was good. Oh, it was good. good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I want to hear sixty cents. Elevated pitch. That's what we needed. I think David's approach was no dead air. You were just just words, and that was that was it. And that worked really well. One of the early ones we did is we did the entire Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Mm-hmm. Just round robin, back and forth. We each got a minute to do each film. Yeah. Or we, we, yeah, we, yeah, we would do a minute, minute for each yeah. film, so 12 minutes of that. Yeah. <laughs> People so, loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It was good content. It was so popular. Such good content. <laughs> well, we fell on our face for that one, but... Uh, and when you watch all the Friday 13th back to back to back, they don't bleed into each other at all. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> They're all so significantly different. Yeah. What are you guys watching right now? What are we watching right now? I'm in the middle of Fall of the House of Usher. Same. It's great. Oh, it's really great. I'm too in. It's great. It's, it that team, lovely. that fucking team of people, too good. Boy, that Flanagan. Do. Boy, oh boy. Boy, that Flanagan. <laughs> Makes good movies. <laughs> One to watch, I'd say. Yeah. Um, what are you guys watching? I'm trying to watch some Halloween stuff, some fun Halloween stuff. Yeah, I think every year I, every year I start, try, start to do like Halloween movies around this time. Tomorrow I'm throwing a little Halloween party here where I kind of started this last year. We call it Shitty Movie Friday. We watch, have you guys seen Spookies? It's an old, it's an 80, 86, 1986, 1988. Um, and it's basically, they made a movie. It failed in the middle of the production. So they tried to save the movie by coming back like six months later and making the movie again, but that failed too. So they cut those two movies into one movie and they released that movie. And it is as bad as you would, as is it, it sounds Ital- like it would Italian? be. Is it Italian? 
Uh, no, it's American. It's American, okay. And it is wild, and it is the most, it's, it's the most fun, like, hangout watch. With Did they friends. shoot different stuff the second time? Yes. <laughs> they didn't reshoot the first stuff. No, they, they, it's almost like they made two different movies, but they're like, yeah, we're just going to start over. But it didn't work out, so we'll cut them back together. It's completely insane. Um, and it is a delight to watch. The creature effects are wild. It's completely absurd. You broke David's brain on that Is it one. a tiny <laughs> monsters movie? Is it like kind of like a Ghoulies? Uh, no, they're no, a, little okay. bit, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger than, than Ghoulies, but it's it's um, there's definitely a few tiny monsters. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. delight. It's just it's practical effects, just craziness the entire time. It just it feels like one of these things. Where it's like this is this is a mistake. This whole thing is a mistake. Yeah. Um, and then we're watching that with um, Shoo. Zombie Three, Shoo. the Bruno Mattei, Lucio Fulci. Wow. You guys seen this? It's, it's, it is yet. complete no. chaos. It was you, you, you can help me with encyclopedia. I don't. You can help me with the history of this. It was Lucio Fulci's film. It was Lucio Fulci's film, a sequel to his Zombie Two, which was a, you know pseudo sequel to Dawn of the Dead, and so he was making Zombie Three. Story is he got sick and had to leave the film. Fulci will say, "No, fuck that piece of shit. I left." Enter Bruno Mattei of Cruel Jaws fame, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they finish this film, and it's an utter delight of a disaster. It so, is a wonderful yeah. time. And then, then for any of the weirdos that are still here uh, after all that, there is a movie called <laughs> The Sinful Dwarf. Have you guys heard of this? No. I, I don't know how I heard of it. Your Cody either. knows how to pick them. Um, I don't know how I heard of this, but I, I bought cuts. it outside of, was it, I think it was. It was, it was what, outside Beyond Fest. Yeah, it was outside Beyond Fest. Yeah. The Severin table was Severin selling was, it. Which yeah. is like some guy? Yeah. Just had DVDs? Yeah, yeah, table, yeah. table of DVDs. Um, and uh, uh, it is definitely porn. <laughs> it is definitely yeah. porn, like without question. Cody's like, invite your friends. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? The Sinful Dwarf. Sin- <laughs> 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 Writes it down immediately. Yeah. But yeah, and then on, on more normal things, me and my wife went and saw Beetlejuice last night for the 30th, 35th, 35th, 35th yeah. anniversary mm-hmm. screenings. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where? At an AMC. Oh, it was one of those? Just a one-off? It was just a one-night yeah. thing, I think. Uh, they just played it two screenings in Dolby with wonderful Nicole introducing it, as always, um, yeah. as she does now. For oh, the last you know what I heard AMC's doing? Not horror-related, but they're, re- they're uh, releasing uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail back in theaters. Really? And they're doing a quotable version well, so that people can scream out the qu- that I guess they like cut out the audio so that the Cut audience is like a participation. I'm taking you and me into this. No, I, I, I'm, I'm the laser. Mr. Shoot people in your head. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not shooting them. It's an automated system. And if you don't talk, you have nothing to worry about. Uh, I love that movie. That's the movie's uh, partially why I exist, because my parents watched that on their first date. They watched that movie. Wow. wow. How adorable. The world was made better because of me. Um, tomorrow <laughs> evening, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, do you know Vidiots? In your, oh, fuck in your yeah. area, I'm going to. Uh, I foolishly forgot about uh, Shitty Movie Friday, and I got tickets to go see their screening A Nightmare on Elm Street. And so, we're, me and my wife are going to go, and she hates horror movies but wants to go see that one. I don't know why, but we'll have a nice time. Magic trick. Your wife hates horror movies. Yes, mm-hmm. gets really scared. She's a very deeply empathetic person, and she cares, so she gets extremely invested in the stories. And so, if they're horrific, she gets very upset. Um, it's from a sweet place. Actually, speaking of my wife, she went to college with Miller Ty, oh. who was in your show. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Gary. 
Gary. Gary. Beautiful yes. Suit Gary. Yes. Gary so did yes. not want to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Gary with the most intense paddle ball skills I've ever seen. Yeah. Does <laughs> he like David? I got this thing. <laughs> no, it was it was really wonderful because we didn't talk about it. I was just uh, you know I was like because you know I was like is he going to know how to do the paddle ball? Like is the paddle ball hard or do you just pick this up? Like I don't really know. And then, um, <laughs> and then he it, and then he, he came and he asked for it and. Uh, we were shooting something else and we looked over and it was Miller just sitting in a corner just practicing. <laughs> and because the Quiet because the production's sound. so fluid, it was like I went over to Alex Janisi, DP, and I was like, dude, turn the camera on and let's get over there. So we have the, we have some great B-roll that we were trying to find a way into the movie that's just uh-huh. him just like really in the zone. That needs to be the DVD yeah. menu screen. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just, oh, just oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you guys? What have you been watching? What are you planning to watch? Uh, I, I was, I was very fortunate in Beyond Fest to take, um, like six old friends, uh, to, that were uninitiated to a screening of Cemetery Man. Wow. I was there. We were there. We were there. Yeah. What a, what an event. (laughs) What an event. I mean, when I was in college, it was like Cemetery Man and Big Lebowski were the two movies on repeat. And, uh, uh, and we just, my, my roommates at the time and I just didn't know that anybody else knew about this movie. So it was like. I never thought I'd get to see in a theater, like sit in a theater and yep. watch it with like, an audience. It was fucking it was gorgeous. A, it was fucking gorgeous. God. And it played, I mean, it played so well. Like the com, mm-hmm. everything landed and landed a lot harder than I thought it did, yep. you know, yeah. years ago watching it. So it was a total joy. And I think for everybody who hadn't seen it, I think they needed that. They needed something. It was like most of the movie theater too. Like, a yeah. lot of the movie I couldn't theater hadn't it. seen it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess I can believe it. The only way that I had to buy it off eBay in college. Do we do, sure, that? But do, we, we do that on this show? I think so. We did this on we our zombie on, Easter, our zombie thing? Easter yeah. extravaganza. I didn't like it. You right? hated it. Yeah, right? I, I hated it. <laughs> How can you hate Cemetery Man? No, I don't know. Uh, why did I hate it? It's probably an acquired taste. It's a, it's a wild, it's a weird, wild, goofy time kind it's, of. It's why, did, why did I hate what, it? What year is the film? Tell uh, me about 94? 94? Yeah. I think you called it a... Careful. A 14-year-old's wet dream. Okay. Yeah, I mean something that like that, and then and that was before it got into the Nyaki stuff. Yeah, excuse me, Nyagi, the, the, Nyagi. the characters. Nyak. Oh yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, it's coming. I have a horrible memory, guys. So <laughs> I have to be told of what my opinions are. <laughs> oh yes, uh-huh. now I remember. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, what beauty! Yeah. <laughs> it's a giallo flavored absurdist yes. existential horror comedy. I've I've and learned with that the giallo is not necessarily my thing. Dashing <laughs> Rupert Everett in his prime, God. like too hot. You know, he's <laughs> like the hot. European Ash. Yes, you know <laughs> what a great it's like very a, true, very fucking yeah, true. very. Fun. It's like true. a weird, you know, he's got poetry off on the side, like it's really yeah. It's yeah. something else. Yeah. But yeah, were you there for suitable flesh that night too? I want. I had tickets, and I had something I was working on, and I had to get in, and I didn't get to, so I missed it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, I missed it at Fantastic too, so I'm very mm-hmm. bummed. Yeah, total copy would be a great lead-in to suitable flesh yes. for sure. Like if you were able to pluck that out, and they're both very. Herbert West sort of vibe, so yep. it's a lot of yep. fun. Yeah, I Gordon, hear great things. Gordon yeah. Flair, yeah. Mm-hmm. but in Suitable Flesh's case, it's like Stuart Gordon filtered through like a like yeah. basic instinct. Yeah. I have a question. Do you have like a like a non-vicious cut of like like one that is just, or would you have to like pluck out just out we're, of, like did you funny. cut it together first that. and mm-hmm. then cut it into the movie, or was it always? We, we knew the segments, so we kind of cut it for like each interlude, mm-hmm. but we are going to put, a through-line version total copy on the Blu-ray. Okay, oh, just because oh, yeah. very cool. Obviously, it plays different when you're not. You don't have tonal whiplash going back yeah, and forth between the other shorts. 
Because yeah. I watched it again last night, and then I went and I just tried to like fast forward to each to try and get that sort of experience, and it's it's super fun. It's yeah, great. yeah. It was interesting to calibrate because like we like one of the things. Sorry to go into it again, but one of the things that we did was we started. We were saying, you know, when you when you record over something, the out of the overlayer tends to be like long and fizzy, mm-hmm. and we ended up really really extending that for each of the segments because we were like it's just too hard to like get catapulted into this voiceover. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think it'll it plays different, definitely. Yeah. Is there a longer cut? Uh, not really. We no. didn't have much time okay. on this, but there could be because they did. I mean, there was a lot of improv <laughs> on set. Mm. So I mean, and a, a lot of really funny stuff that we thought would just slow the movie down, unfortunately. But mm, sure, right. I'm, I'm going to try to get that in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wonderful. Huh? Well, good. Like what? Well, like when you guys are in the conference room uh-huh. and uh, they, they they're they're trying to figure out how the creature replicated Gary even though he hasn't been in the room. And then the whole thing breaks down into a conversation about how a one-way mirror actually works. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it was, it's, it's good. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And then that whole, that whole bit where, uh, yeah, where you guys have the exchange, uh, about, uh, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's, you're taking the samples and it's like, are you going to run a test? Are you going to use DNA of, uh, I think it's, is it squid or is it uh no, it's, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. I'm blanking on it right now, but it's I like, even remember this exchange. yeah, it's when you guys, it's when the camera first pans over and it's like, let's, let's, let's run a few tests and, um, yeah, it's like anthropod or what is it? Well, I can't remember. Oh, what's, yeah. what's a squid? What's the phylum of a uh, squid? Arth- arthropod? No, that's no, like a that's crustacean like a... spider thing. Yeah. Oh. It's, uh, squid? I should know this. Cephalopod. Cephalopod. That's right. I th- you cephalopod or human was nice. the question. <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna do a cephalopod test or human? And your answer was, let's do both. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's really in. Con- I'm good. butchering it, but it's really that's quite good. funny. That's all just ad libbed. Like, that's just, not how I did it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about all that stuff. Yeah, but it's fun. I mean. That's what happens. Like the movie kind of wants to be what it wants to be, you know, when you're cutting it. But um, we fought for that. I really tried to get that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do both. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, what you what you been watching? Any uh, Halloween oh. staples that you're getting into? Yeah. No, Halloween I, actually, not to get. But I, I've kind of been revisiting some films that. It's funny in the wake of VHS. I, you know, I was thinking about. There's these two films. It's funny that you were talking about, we were joking about Travolta earlier because there's this film that I love um, that I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen. I'm sure you probably have called Blowout. Fuck, I was praying. You had to say Blowout. <laughs> this is going to happen. Blowout's one of the um, best fucking movies yeah. ever made. I love, I love Blowout yeah. Yeah. and I've, I've always loved it. And um, what I started thinking about was also, have you ever seen Peeping Tom? Yes. Big fan. Mm-hmm. Big fan. You've seen Peeping Tom? Well, don't I, get I've that actually excited. not seen Peeping okay, Tom. So Peeping yes. Tom is uh, 1960, about 1960. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Powell is the guy who, who directed it. But it's a very, very unnerving, I mean, it's a masterpiece. But at the time when it came out, it was like reviled and was a kind of a bomb and no one, you know... But it's considered now like a masterpiece and one of the best. I mean, it's yeah. British British film. It but presupposes Black Christmas and Halloween. POV yeah. for days. All of yeah. it. So it, but it deals with. So it's about just to give you a, a little 
primer on it, but it's about this 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 guy who's a serial killer. He's just you know kind of lives alone, um, and he murders these women, but he always has a camera with him, and he shoots him, killing them, um, and. It's it's really kind of a you know a, a meta self reflect. It really has one of the first times the self reflexive camera, and you know you see you see them die as through the point of view the, the first murder that he commits. You're seeing it. He follows her back to her flat and then he murders her. But it's all from the point of he has a portable camera. It's a film camera. Mm-hmm. It's like an eight millimeter camera. Right. But it's all from the point of view of that camera. We're talking 1960. So this is really like the precursor to this the slasher idea the slasher film idea um and he's he lives in this apartment and then you know there's this girl that lives downstairs and you know they start to get friendly and it also comes out that he as a child was his father was this this psychologist who did he was kind of the guinea pig for his father's psychology experiments where his father would film him and do like put lizards on his bed and just film his reactions in fear. And he was this, you know, just as his sort of experiments on, on fear and the nervous system and this whole thing. And he, and so he's grown up and he's, he works in movies, you know, in the world of the film. Anyway, um, this whole idea of, um, dealing with the idea of, of, implicating the audience of of us as voyeurs and the sort of voyeuristic implication of us as an audience watching this stuff and the 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 task the impossible task in the in the world of the film of this quest of photographing fear is what he's doing Mm -hmm. and i start thinking about blowout and if you remember blowout was the impossible task of recording fear because mm-hmm. remember the whole setup is that he works, he's a Foley artist, mm-hmm. and he's trying to get the woman, that he works in horror movies, and they, they just can't get the scream mm-hmm. for real. And then the whole thrust of the thing is that by the end of the movie, the woman that he falls in love with gets murdered, mm-hmm. and she's wearing a mic, and he gets the scream, and the, the, the tragedy of the movie ending is that he uses the scream in the movie that they couldn't get the perfect scream for. Mm -hmm. And he has to listen to this and it's this haunting thing. Mm -hmm. And just this, this idea I find very scary of, of the self-reflexive nature of these, of, of cinema itself and of the voyeuristic nature of us wanting to watch these things Mm -hmm. and seeking out the perfect way to photograph or record fear. Um, and then I was thinking about the, how that blurs into the snuff film. Another movie that I remember like being unnerved by years ago was Eight Millimeter. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. But then how the, these concepts and these themes and these ideas then blend into VHS, which is your like VHS moves into kind of a snuff film. Is it real? Is it fiction? Kind of feeling. All this stuff started to blur together in, in my mind and. The other, the other movie that I always remembered this moment from, you know, was Rear Window. And I remember as a kid seeing Rear Window, which is the same thing. It's us as a voyeur, right? Mm-hmm. It's implicating us as the audience wanting to, because that's what movies do. They, they, they make us voyeurs. We sit in the dark. We look at other people's lives. And that's the bargain that movies have with us, right? Vicariously watching things die. 
Yeah. It's magic. And that's what Jimmy Stewart is doing in, in Rear Window. We are Jimmy Stewart. He's mm-hmm. sitting in the dark with his literal camera pointed across the way, looking in these windows, which are all these like essentially little movie screens, mm. watching this world inside each one. And I, re- I don't know how well you guys remember Rear Window, but there's a moment where he sends Grace Kelly you know, across. I just remember, and there's a moment Raymond Burr comes home and he realizes that she's been in the apartment and he just slowly turns and looks at us. Mm-hmm. And I just remember getting chills from that moment yeah. because that was the, you know, we're complicit. We're, we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, that, all, all this stuff blurring together. So I've been thinking about those things. I was rewatching Blowout. I was mm-hmm. watching Peeping Tom. I was kind of thinking about Rear Window. And so these are the things that have been swirling through my yeah, mind. Just simple mental Tuesday nights. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just really chill, yeah. you know, light ideas with you and the wife on the couch. Yeah, I do yeah, that. Yeah, I do yeah. that a lot too. Yeah. I, I think about that kind of stuff. You think? <laughs> <laughs> like introspective, cool, smart cool. stuff. Yeah. 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 Tuesday nights, uh-huh. it's just you and Kaylin just yeah. sit there and chit chat about super introspective conversations yep. after watching a, a, a really deep yeah, deep horror yeah, movie. Uh, yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Just thinking. Just yeah. Thinking. Are you ready for the conversations you guys are going to have tomorrow night after watching A Nightmare yep. on Elm Street? Thinking time. Thinking time. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Friday night after the movies. It's time Love to that. think. Oh, Love shit. that. Gentlemen, you've been yeah. so gracious with your time. Yeah, yes. thank you yes. so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for yeah, hanging thanks, out, dude. talking yeah, movies. Man. Much appreciated. Thank you for driving to the other side of the world by Los Angeles standards. Mm-hmm. It's cool, man. Yeah. No, totally seriously, cool. this has been great. Thank you so much. Check out VHS 85 yeah, on Shutter. Awesome. Yes. awesome. Buy, buy the Blu-ray when it comes out because yeah, we've you're been promised see cool that. stuff. Already? I, yeah. January, I think? January. Is that, ooh, here we go. I believe. I don't know. Look Exclusive. Forward. Dropped here. Yeah, but it's out, January. But not on Shutter now. Yeah. Thank you yes. again. It was yeah. a pleasure. Love yeah, to do thank this you anytime so for y'all. Thanks, guys. And yeah. Thank you. David, thank you so much for making uh, the first Hellraiser movie in decades. Oh, thank uh, you. That was just, you know, whoo! <laughs> this guy has a lot of opinions about the Hellraiser franchise in I, general. I won't get into that. There are many opinions we'll about here, the Hellraiser we'll franchise. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've heard the word though. watchable you. gets thrown around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. They're, most of them are watchable. There's, there's three. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're not, we're not, we must close Cody <laughs> off. Whole, now. Whole, I'm but his, whole but David's ranks high in here. Oh, David's is fantastic. We were at that Fantastic Fest. You guys were. I was. Beyond Fest last year. I was there. Were you at the first one where Clive came out? You were the second one. Yeah, I was there. When I, I didn't even know Clive was going to be there, and then saw that, found out that he came out. Motherfucker! Yeah, yeah. I wasn't so. sure he was going to be there either. Yeah. So he was just showed up. Yeah, super Dude. Just swooped in and graced us with his presence. It was Amazing. great. Pure magic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, going to stop talking about it because we're for <laughs> yeah, more yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank yes, you. really appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> wow, wasn't that neat? We were all on our best behavior, and we're real podcasters now. Um, we just want to thank uh, Jordan Belfi and David Bruckner again for joining us. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, at Jordan Belfi for Jordan, or at David Bruckner. Uh, they kept it really simple, so they should be very easy to find. I don't know if they're on other socials. If they are, I assume um, their uh, tags or their handles are similar. I'm not going to do that work for you. Um, if you haven't, check out VHS 85. It's super fun, and their segment is one of my favorite things I've seen in horror in a long time. Um, and hey, if you're new, follow us at Shudcast on all the so- so- socials. 
you know, if you enjoyed, come back, listen to some other episodes, interact with us, tell us what you like. And, you know, if you could subscribe and give some shout outs and tell your friends, that'd be very good for us. Because if we get enough clout, we can bring on other people. So, um, but in the meantime, go check out uh, Jordan and David's other work. David's a horror uh, legend at this point. You've probably seen The Ritual and his Hellraiser and if you ha- or The Night House. And if you haven't, go see that. Jordan, Nefarious. And then he does lots of really cool stuff that isn't horror, which is also great, too. So go check all that out. Um, they're great guys. We had fun. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.